Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. From dramatic endings to crazy comebacks and underdog victories, it was a wild weekend in the sports world. We'll provide our reactions. The Steelers improved to 2-1 and one and are tied for the top spot in the AFC North. Are we feeling any better about this team following a big road win? We'll discuss and talk to Alex Kazora of Steelers Depot. The Pirates season wraps up Sunday. Was it a success or disappointment? And what teams are looking good heading into October? We'll weigh in. I'm Dave Herzing. I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Dave Glass. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go... Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome back to Under Review. Dave and Dee, always good to be with you. It was certainly a wild weekend in sports, and we posted a poll on our Facebook page that I wanted to start with this week. By the way, you can like or follow us by searching Under Review on sport on Facebook. Here was the question, guys. I want to get your take. I know that I think I saw D voted, but I didn't see yours, Dave. Uh, which of these is the biggest story of the weekend for you? I said A, Penn State's thumping of Iowa. B, Ohio State's last-second victory over Nate Notre Dame. C, the Pirates come from behind victory after trailing the Reds 9 to nothing. Or D, all the upsets in the NFL. I, I think, you see, uh, my answer, I, and, and we, we text about this, I think that the Pirates game means the least, but it'll be the most remembered because of the big, big comeback. But in terms of the most effect on what's going on, I really feel like it's that Ohio State-Notre Dame game because the loser of that was going to, really face an uphill battle. And it, I mean, what a game came down last play and it was like by an inch and they had to replay it for something like five minutes. And it, and I was looking, I'm like, yeah, I think he's in, but boy, that was close. So, um, but as I told my stepson, when we were watching all this stuff going on, this is the kind of day you live for as a sports fan, you know, you get kind of boring days, kind of meh days, and then all this stuff happens at once. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I voted because I'm a homer. Uh, Penn State over Iowa because, one, it's the whiteout. It, it's just must-see TV. Penn State was absolutely dominant over a ranked opponent. That really sets them up well for you know a battle out in Columbus here in a couple of weeks. Um, but to, I actually think the Ohio State-Notre Dame game was the biggest um, story of the week simply because, one, Ohio State won the game because Notre Dame had 10 men on the field. Short <laughs> yeah. yardage situations, neither team can run the ball. I don't think either... Either one of those teams is as dominant as people thought they were. Um, they both kind of had some weaknesses. Ohio State can throw the ball, but they certainly can't run the ball as well um, as some other teams. And I honestly think right now, not saying, again, everyone who's listened to this show knows, and my friends know that I love Penn State. Oh, Penn State's a better football team right now than Ohio State. And I think that that game against Notre Dame showed that as well. Yeah, I actually watched a little bit of college football guys on Saturday and that's the takeaway I had, too. I didn't think Ohio State looked that great. I mean, um, they really struggled. You know, Harrison Jr., they they kind of shut him down. I know he got injured later in the game, but they pretty well shut him down prior to that, too. And and Penn State, man, once their offense got going, they just kept it going. Well, we got to talk about that Penn State defense. I mean, yeah, the offense got rolling, and that's great. And I thought Aller did what he needed to do. But Manny Diaz defense, holy cow, 76 total yards. Uh, allowed and and it was just a complete beatdown and 
you know, guys, we better enjoy this because he's going to be a head coach next year. I'm telling you, with with the way he's rehabilitated himself, you know, I know he, he got fired from Miami and all that, but he's the real deal as a defensive coordinator. I know he's got a ton of talent, but we've seen good, talented defenses collapse before. And the see, there's a lot of season left, but I thought that was one of the biggest statement games at Penn State in a very long time. Yeah, it really was. Penn State's defense typically is a bend-don't-break defense. This defense is break and break some more. I mean, they they just they fly to the ball, and they look different. It's All of us watch as much as we can. When you watch Penn State's defense, they look they like they have the speed to match up against the elite teams this year. When you watch the elite teams or the or whatever people think they are, I mean, Florida State barely beat Clemson. Clemson actually should have won that game. Typically, a team like Florida State would give Penn State fits because of that outside speed. Penn State has speed and more to, to match up against the likes of Georgia, Alabama, you know, Texas teams like that. So the, it, the team that worries me is Michigan because the one thing they don't have is size on the defensive front, and yeah. I worry that Harbaugh is just going to just pound, pound, pound. Yeah, if they can stop the run. I really feel like they, they'll win every game. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you have to like their chances against Ohio State after watching the two teams on Saturday. I went with the uh, upsets in the NFL, and that actually topped our poll. Um, my, my survivor poll started with 51 players at the beginning of this year. This isn't the one that we're doing. It's, it's a different one, $20 a piece. We're through three weeks of play, and there's only 18 people left in the pool. I mean, that goes to show you how unpredictable the NFL is. And, of course, the one that got people last week was that Jacksonville uh, game. <clears throat> it got me. It got me. We'll get, we'll get to that later when we right. go over our picks. But um, the thing that surprised me about the NFL wasn't – there weren't that many upsets, but the three that there were were huge, you know, eight-and-a-half, nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, you know, winning and, and in a couple cases winning big. I mean, Jacksonville was never in that game. So, yeah, and it just – like you said, it shows – you never know what can happen – um, you know, Indianapolis looked, you know, really good. I mean, I know that that game kind of went back and forth, but I was watching quite a bit of that and um, they looked a lot better than I expected, which might mean that Baltimore isn't as good as we thought. I, I, I think don't their know. coaching's really good too. Shane Steichen looks really good. Um, he, he has that team playing for him. And uh, speaking of teams that are maybe playing a little bit better, the Steelers did pick up a big win there, guys. And, uh, you know, their offense came to life a little bit. Two touchdowns with Pitt. That's the first time, (laughs) actually. First First time time he's thrown two in a game. So what was your overall take? I mean, are we feeling any better about the Steelers after Sunday? My take is there's no bad road wins in the NFL. There's no bad wins for the Steelers against the Raiders. That team has given Steelers fits as long as I can Absolutely. remember. It doesn't matter how good the Raiders are, how bad the Raiders are. We've lost so many bad games to them. So I don't want to hear anything about it. A win is a win out there. I thought the offense did step up. I thought the defensive front was really good. I mean, you know, um, that was the leading rusher in the league last year, and, and they bottled him up pretty good until late in the game. Um, I thought that uh, Garoppolo, they, they had him completely, uh, you know, harried there for a while. That one, I think we talked about this, that one pick he threw, I, he was, that showed me he's not ready for prime time. He threw off his back foot. It was kind of a prayer throw. Um, look, they've got a lot of work to do. I mean, it's not like the Raiders are great, but they're two and one guys. I mean, and they said atop really the AFC North. Yeah. They're tied for the, you know, with the Browns and, 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 a, and a very winnable game this week. They really should, a game they really should win this week, frankly. And, and then, then we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it, I actually was just happy to see them open up the playbook just a little bit. I mean, it's not like they're still – I mean, they're. I don't understand why they won't take shots down the field more often. I mean, it's the NFL, and you have one of the biggest targets, one of the best weapons on the outside, and it's just – 
maybe they're seeing something in practice that we're not seeing as fans that maybe Pickett just can't get the timing right with him or can't get the ball downfield accurately enough, or maybe he just doesn't have the time to throw. That that could be the biggest reason right there. But it is it was nice to see them throwing it a little more. They can't run the football, though. Holy cow, that team can't run the football. It's like negative yardage situations half the time. It's insane. Yeah, well, that, I, saw, uh, I saw Alex Cazora actually posted something on X today about that, and he said, I think 31% of their runs have gone for either zero or negative oh, yards. Oh, jeez. So well, I'll have to ask him about cool. it we'll here in a minute. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't want to take everything away from that se- uh, segment, but to me, yeah, okay, Canada. Yeah, okay, pick it. But it's the line. It's the line. It's the line. It's the line. They can't, they're not good blocking for the run. They get stuffed all the time. And I think part of the reason they don't throw downfield is that Canada and Tomlin don't trust the line to hold up. And frankly, from what I've seen, they're right. And it comes back to why is Broderick Jones not playing? You know, if if Dan Moore was over there and he was playing average, okay, let the kid learn. If you're going to get beat, you might as well let the kid get beat and learn something. This is not working at all. Well, I have wonder if they've waited because look at the three edge rushers that he would have faced in the first three weeks. Bosa, Miles Garrett, and last week, Max Crosby. Did they not want to throw him into that? Do you think you learn watching on the sidelines? Or do you learn to actually face the guy? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it would have been nice to see what he could do because, you know, they're all professionals. They're all paid. Put him in there. Throw him to the Wolves. I mean, for goodness sake, and here's the thing. If he if he matches up against those three, yeah. probably wasn't going to. He's probably, but he, And Miles Garrett really didn't have that big of an impact when they played you know uh, Cleveland here a couple weeks ago. Not like Garrett did this week. Man, Garrett completely yeah, he took was that all, game yeah, over. He was all wow. over. Well, we only have a minute left, guys, but how about what T.J. Watt's doing? Unreal. He's on pace for 34 sacks this year. I mean, he is playing like a league MVP right now, and, and I think the formula is for the Steelers, don't turn the ball over, let the defense win the game for you. Well, that, you know, that works now, but it's not going to work against good teams. I, and I, I get I get tired of them being in this mediocre cycle where, okay, you can defense your way against ten, eight or nine wins, but if you're going to beat a San Francisco or a Kansas City or one of these teams, you're going to have to play some offense. You're going to give up 25 points to some of those teams. And and it's not 1970 anymore. And, and that comes back to the, you know, the line and Canada's play calling and, and all of that, they just, it's sooner or later they have to trust the kid. And I agree with that. So. Yeah. You, well, they can't just continue to keep getting three points off of Boswell's toe. Here we go. I mean, no. come on, like, get out of here with that. It's the worst. And turnovers are fickle. You can't always count on that to win you games. All right. When we return, we'll break down the Steelers start to the season with Alex Kazora, the Steelers Depot. Stay with us as we continue under review sponsored by Smith lawn and landscaping on connect FM. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associates degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Ness and Associates, insurance and investments. At Ness and Associates Insurance, we are a growing team of agents to help you with all your insurance needs. We have 10 agents in various specialties. We have commercial insurance for business, health insurance for business and individuals. And of course, all of our agents can assist anyone with home and auto. We're not just an 800 number that you call. We're local, know our customers and work with them and their individual needs. Stop by their Dubois office today or call Ness and Associates Insurance at 371 67 Six. 
Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. If you still get one, has your newspaper gotten thin? Is it even published every day? And what's happened since the ink dried? If you're like most people, you get your news on the radio, online, or on your phone. And there is local news there, if you get it from us. Tri-County Insider covers Jefferson, Clearfield, and Elk Counties. Every weekday, a quick read right there in your email. You can subscribe free at tricountyinsider.com. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob Anderson, and they are Dave Herzing and Dave Glass. It's been too long since we've talked to our next guest, guys, and it's a pleasure to welcome Alex Kazora from the Steelers Depot back to the show. Alex, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'll start you off with Kenny Pickett. He threw two touchdowns for the first time in his career. I know that he had a shaky start to the season, but what are your, what are you seeing from him so far this season, Alex, and, and what was different on uh, Sunday night? I just thought the offense had a bit more rhythm. I thought they could sustain drives better. I thought they were better on possession downs. They were 40%, which isn't outstanding, but better than where they've been. The run game was not amazing, but there was progress there that helped keep them on schedule. And I thought that, you know, some guys downfield made plays. And when the offense kind of struggles the way that it has and it's sputtered, you you can get those big chunk plays. It really helps uh, cover up for some of that lack of sustainability. You get the 71-yarder to Pickens against Cleveland, 72-yarder. To Austin uh, against the Raiders and so just getting some of those chunk plays reduces the need to go on those long kind of perfect 10-12 play drives so I just thought overall the pocket moved a little bit um, and I just thought Pickett was just more efficient more effective and the, and the run game aided in all of that. Yeah one thing that we've been su- surprised about so far is their inability to run the ball and just the offensive line just isn't getting any push up front and uh, it seemed like they did better at the end of last season, and they brought in, say, Amalu in the offseason. So what's going on with that offensive line, Alex? What are you seeing? It's a really good question, and you're right. It's frustrating because you had some progress. The back half of last year was a big key of why that team went 7-2 and two down the stretch and then yet to be able to carry that over despite additions of, say, Amalu and you drafted Darnell Washington. It's hard to pinpoint one particular thing. I think teams have certainly game-planned Pittsburgh in this way. They want to you know, put eight in the box. They want to stack the run, take that away, and they want to take away the vertical pass game and make Kenny Pickett try to win more intermediate and really kind of force some of those longer drives downfield. So I think teams have really done a good job of putting, you know, five defensive linemen down. The Browns did that. The Raiders copied that game plan. They slanted and gotten penetration, and they've just had some really heavy boxes that have been tough for Pittsburgh to run on. But it, it, it's a variety of things. I'm sure the backs can be better. The tight end blocking certainly, I think, needs to be better. And some of the O-line, um, you know, have not done done their part either. And some schematic stuff where linebackers have run free. So 
Um, it's frustrating. It needs to change, and they have to build upon what they did against the Raiders because without a strong, consistent run game, this offense is not going to be where it needs to be. Well, you, you hit on one of my questions a little bit about the line. I want to dig into that a little bit more. I mean, everybody thought that, that Moore had a, a nice training camp, and, you know, that's why Jones didn't start the year, obviously. You know, from everything I've read, and even from the analytics, it seems like um, Moore has been one of, if not the worst tackle, left tackle in the game. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and maybe to all of us here. If he's going to be that bad, why don't you just put Jones in and let him get some, some reps? Uh, what, what are you seeing there? No, I don't think Moore's been particularly good. I think he earned the job in training camp. I don't think Pittsburgh's intention was to pull the plug early, especially when they knew they were going to see to start the year Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett, and even more saw more of Max Crosby than expected. They moved Crosby around more than what they typically do the Raiders uh, do. So I think you understood that Moore was going to take his lumps there. And Broderick Jones is a guy that's talented and still could have a very bright future, but he's a guy with 19 career starts and I think had some technique things to work upon, and that's why Jones is not starting the year off at left tackle. So I think at some point he's going to play, whether that's a performance thing, an injury thing, one of the tackles go down, that's going to obviously give snaps there to, to Broderick Jones. So I'm not super concerned about it. I understand Pittsburgh wanting to go with a more veteran option, and maybe once they kind of get past this wave of all-star pass rushers, you might be able to get a bit, a bit better feel on what you have and where Dan Moore is at. The second, and, and I'm going to stick with the draft theme, uh, you know, Joey Porter hasn't seen a whole lot of snaps uh, in on passing downs, but from what I read, when he's out there, he's been extremely effective. Teams aren't picking on him. Um, he's only allowed one completion, I believe. Uh, do, you, do you think that here again, is it just a veteran thing? Or are they trying to protect him? Um, or what are you seeing on tape from him? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, he has a specific role, and it's a bit game flow and game circumstance dependent. He's the left cornerback in dime packages, and so whenever it's third and six-plus, whenever it's end-a-half, end-a-game, that's when Porter's going to play. You look at the 49ers game, for example, seven snaps. The 49ers led that game start to finish. They stayed out of third and long, so naturally Porter's not going to get many snaps. He played his most number of snaps, almost 30 against the Raiders because they got down 23-7. They had to play a bunch of catch-up. And so it's going to ebb and flow just based on how the game is going. I don't think they want to put too much on his plate. They have veteran corners in front. They signed Levi Wallace last year, signed Patrick Peterson this year. Those guys, of course, were going to start. And I think Porter still has to work out the edges in his game in terms of playing more off-man and zone coverage. I've seen improvement there. He had a really strong summer overall. He's an unbelievably hard worker. I think he has played well. But I think Pittsburgh, in some sense, does not want to put too much on his plate and they have veterans in front. But I would say, just a final point on this, although Porter's not playing a ton of snaps, he's playing in some really high-leverage moments. Everything he plays in is third and long or end-to-half, end-to-game. Those are weighty downs, big-time situational football. I think he grew up pretty fast whenever you're playing in those kind of moments, and so I think Porter's answered the call well, and that'll hopefully accelerate his development. Alex, hey, uh, what are you expecting to see this weekend against uh, Houston? I know the Steelers are four and a half point favorites, which you know, and it, it doesn't depend. On, I guess it depends on the team, but uh, four and a half point uh, favorites on the road bodes well for Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I haven't studied Houston too closely. I'm going to start that later tonight, but they're coming off a big win against Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't want to overlook this team. I know that their offensive line is really beat up. They're not going to have Josh Jones in this game. Probably won't have Laramie Tunsil, their franchise left tackle. Kendrick Green's probably going to start for them at left guard. And so you look on paper and Pittsburgh's pass rush should eat. But TJ, TJ Stroud has had two really good games. He's not thrown an interception this year. They've taken care of the football. They've gotten big plays with their 
rookie receiver Tank Dell. I just look at their young guys that are really stepping up and producing. Stroud, Dell, Will Anderson, defensive side of the football, blocked the field goal last week. So those guys have done well. I think D'Amico Ryan's has that team on the right track. And on the road, going to Houston, not going to take that for granted. So I don't know where I'm at prediction-wise. Um, you know, On paper, certainly Pittsburgh has some things where they're the better-looking team. But I think the Texans are going to be a tough team to play. Oh, for sure. Do you expect to see Warren running the ball more? I mean, I know Harris had a, a big run. He had 65 yards. Um, but he just doesn't look like himself. He looks slow hitting the holes. And Warren just looks – he looks like the more explosive back. Yeah, I think they're going to have to run the ball well. Like I said, that's going to be their game plan. That's their personality. And so they're going to try to build off of what they did against the Raiders. Um, yeah, I think Warren is overall the more explosive player. I think he's made a big-time impact in the pass game. But I, I want to give Najee some credit here. I think he has run well. He's got explosive runs. He's outproducing uh, Jalen Warren in every basically running metric, whether that's yards per carry, first down percentage, run success rate, yards after contact. Harris has been statistically the better back in that regard. So I like the, I like the split they have right now. Warren's, of course, rotating in. He's a great pass protector. He's getting those uh, pass-catching opportunities. That's perfect for him. Um, But I think Harris has been a bit better than people think, although I do recognize that he's never going to be the big play guy. He's not going to be the guy that's going to turn the corner and run 60 yards downfield. Warren, I think, is a bit more of a defined north-south runner, but I think Harris has had some really positive moments that have been a bit overlooked as well. We're talking to Alex Kazora from Steelers Depot, and you can follow him at Alex underscore Kazora, K-O-Z-O-R-A on X. Um, Alex, I guess I've been a little bit surprised that the AFC North hasn't looked better than it, you know, has so far. I mean, I know there's two, two and one teams in there, but it doesn't seem like anybody's really dominant right now. Uh, what surprises you about the AFC North so far? Yeah, I would say maybe two things, the Bengals slow start, although of course, so much of that is related to Joe Burrow and his calf injury. You know, I think the biggest thing about the Bengals, and I made mention of this before the season that nobody talked about, they lost their two starting safeties in Jesse Bates, who went to Atlanta and Von Bell to Carolina. Now I know that Dax Hill, their former first round pick has played really well, but they lost some key pieces to that defense. And that's probably another reason for some of their struggles. But I think they're going to bounce back once Burrow gets uh, closer to 100%. How about that Browns defense? I mean, talk about a unit that has been legitimate. Obviously, Pittsburgh saw that firsthand in week number two. Jim Schwartz might be the best you know, coordinator, assistant coach in football right now. That defense is swarming. Their defensive line is better. They're, they're secondary strong, and the cornerbacks are big and physical. So I know there's questions about the offense, the run game, minus Chubb and Deshaun Watson, what he can, what can he eventually become, and can he try to be the player that he was in Houston. But, man, that Cleveland Browns defense is – one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant football or, or, or dominant defense, I should say, through the first weeks in the NFL. Who do you, uh, who's surprising you team-wise around the NFL outside the division? I mean, there's been some pretty big stories, positive and negative. Who catches your eye and really has you surprised from where you were preseason on them? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I had thought about it too much overall. I thought Jacksonville would be a bit better of a team. I thought they were going to really make the leap this year when you had Trevor Lawrence in what, year number three. You had Calvin Ridley and just try to build upon a year ago, and then they probably are, aren't, aren't quite there right now um, in terms of surprise and in a positive way. I'd probably have to spend some some more time overall thinking about that. But it's the NFL. It's still you know three weeks in. It's still pretty early, and so we'll just kind of see the ebb and flow of this thing. But I did think Jacksonville was going to be one of those teams to – to really be reckoned with and they still could be but they got a ways to go all right alex we always enjoy talking to you tell us what's going on at steelers depot yeah a lot going on today injury report just came out for the steelers and i believe also for the houston texans we got film reviews we got tape breakdowns on friday 
Uh, we'll have our scouting reports on on the Houston Texans, their offense, their defense. I got a video tomorrow on Kenny Pickett where I think he did play his best game against the Raiders. There's one thing that Kenny Pickett really has to work on, his pocket presence overall. I do a deep dive on that uh, in the morning for Seagulls Depot. So check that out if you guys can. All right. Well, you appreciate it. You're the man. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. When we return, we'll take you through the week three slate across the NFL and update you on how we've done so far. Stay with us on Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. If you're tired of the fake news and tired of all the left-wing BS and agendas out there, if you want to do your right part to clean out the swamps and hit the lefties where it hurts, their pocketbook, we all know the president and his cronies hired thousands more IRS employees and agents. Now that's not very American. There's a way to fight back. Fellow conservatives out there, call American Tax Relief. They can help you pay less to the IRS. Don't you give a penny more to spend to the left-wing agendas. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes or haven't filed your taxes in years, call my friends at American Tax Relief. They'll give you a 100% free introduction to their program. And trust me, they're on the right side of your freedom. Pay the IRS less. Call now. 800-947-2132. 800-947-2132. That's 800-947-2132. Paid for by the tax doctor. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News, recapping the second Republican presidential debate from California. Find out if any candidates close the gap with Trump. Also with student loan payments resuming next week, advocates are worried about what will happen to those who go into default and what to do when age begins to mess with your sleeping patterns. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. 99.7, Connect FM. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. I'm Dan Kennard with your Connect FM local youth sports beat, sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and Dr. Greg Lineski. Let's back it up to last weekend and check out the District 9 High School football scoreboard. Port Allegheny was a 29-7 winner over the Brockway Rovers. Dubois fell to Brookville 34-20 in the Raiders' homecoming game. And Clearfield improved to 4-1 with a 44-20 win over the Bearcats of Huntington. In other games last Friday, Claysburg-Kimmel upended Kerwinsville 56-20. Punxsutawney ran all over St. Mary's 49-7. Red Bank Valley rolled past Ridgeway 65-6 and Otto Eldred doubled up Elk County Catholic score 42-21. to Coming up on Friday, it's week six of the District 9 high school football season. The game you will hear on affiliate station Sunny 106. The Brockway Rovers are on the road. They travel to Smithport and take on the Hubbers. Brockway with a 3-2 and two record. Smithport is 1-4. and four. A big rivalry matchup in Dubois Friday night. The Dubois Beavers host Punxsutawney for their homecoming game. It's 3-2, uh, and two, the record for the Chucks. The Beavers are 2-3. and three. 
Brookville will be playing at St. Mary's, a matchup of two, three, and two teams. And in a matchup of four and one teams, Penns Valley is playing at Clearfield Friday evening. Kirtwinsville is hosting West Branch. Both teams are one and four. Another matchup of one and four squads. Keystone plays at Ridgeway, and it will be Elk County Catholic with one and four record on the road at Caldersport. The Falcons are two and three. And now checking the boys' soccer scoreboard in Monday matches. Port Allegheny shut out Brockway 1-0. It was Brookville doubling up Dubois Central Catholic 2-1. Elk County Catholic fell to Clarion Limestone 3-0. St. Mary shut out Cowdersport 9-0. Red Bank Valley all over Punxsutawney 12-0. And the Bulldogs' Owen Klaus in that game scored his 100th high school career goal. On Tuesday in boys' soccer action, Clarion Limestone shut out Punxsutawney 12-0. Carn City, a 7-0 winner over Dubois Central Catholic. St. Mary's beat Kane 2-1. It was Forest Area with a 3-0 win over Ridgeway, while Richland shut out Clearfield 4-0. Checking the girls' soccer scoreboard on Monday, Brockway beat Port Allegheny 2-0. It was Carn City over Brookville 8-zip. Elk County Catholic with a 4-0 shutout of Clarion, and another shutout win was Red Bank Valley over Punxsutawney, 5-0. In uh, the girls' soccer matches on Tuesday, yesterday, Brookville beating Keystone, 6-2. Clearfield downed Richland, 9-3. It was Clarion tripling Punxsutawney, 6-2. Now to the volleyball scoreboard. On Monday, it was Brockway, a straight sets winner over Kerwinsville, while Dubois won in straight sets over Central Mountain. And then Tuesday, Dubois beat Punxsutawney 3-1. It was Williamsburg with a 3-1 win over Kerwinsville. Brockway fell to Kane 3-1. Elk County Catholic used straight sets to beat Dubois Central Catholic. Brookville, a straight sets win over Ridgeway. A close one had St. Mary's getting past Bradford 3-2 and Central Martinsburg beat Clearfield 3-0. And that's the local youth sports beat for this week sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes in the Dubois Commons. Now, let's go back under review on Connect FM, here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Always a pleasure to talk to Alex Kazora, and this is one of my favorite segments now, guys. We're going to go back to the drawing board here as we look at our uh, our week four slate. Dave is... is uh... <laughs> What are just, you doing the over there, Dave? microphone just fell off here. It never happened. It, it did. It just <laughs> fell right off. Uh, Chaos in the station. Oh, my right, goodness. We're gonna, in the studio. We improvise, we adapt, we overcome. That's I right. hope we don't have to pay for that. I, <laughs> I have no That's idea. coming out of glasses. <laughs> All right, Dave, can you tell us a little bit about the updated standings? Here? Yeah, so it's really, really tight. Uh, Bob is leading. Uh, he's 30 and 18. Did you, did you say I was leading? Say yes, that again. I, I did say that. Okay, okay. You've been. I think you've been leading the whole way through oh, so far. Oh, okay. I just want to hear that just, again. Uh, Thank and, you. And, and you and I tied for the week at 11 and 5. Uh, D was 10 and 6 last week, which dropped him a game back. And we're both 29 and 19. So after three weeks, even though... We've had we've had some get picks the same. We've had a lot of picks different, and yet we're all within a game of each other. It's kind of amazing. Um, now we did do Survivor with each other, and I'm the first one off the island. Jacksonville knocked me out. 
um, Boo. You guys have both taken Washington and Buffalo the first two weeks. Bob, you took San Francisco. Uh, Herzing took Miami, and he should get bonus points for that. 70 <laughs> points. I yeah, that should count for a couple weeks. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, seriously. So uh, you two are both still alive in that, and that's kind of your up-to-the-minute standings. All right. Well, yeah, I, I was just trying to brag a little bit there, but you know what? I'm only beating you guys by, like, one game, so, you know. We're coming back. Being back is the best. All right. Well, uh, Detroit and Green Bay kick things off this week. A big division matchup. It's a Thursday night game. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Well, I, I've, I've been on Detroit since before the season. Then they won that big Kansas City game. Uh, this seems a little bit like a trap game, but I'm still taking Detroit because I just don't believe in Green Bay. I, I can't believe they came back. I watched the first half of that game, and Green Bay was horrible this weekend, and then I found out later they won. Um, but I, I just think Detroit's offense is going to overwhelm them, I think. I, I feel the exact same way. Green Bay did not look good this weekend. I want to see Jordan Love do well because he seems like a class act. You know, he, he sat waiting in the wings, did everything he was supposed to do, but I, they just don't have the offensive firepower. So I think Detroit wins. I'm going to go with Detroit too. And I, I love what the Lions rookie class is doing so far. Gibbs ran for 80 yards last week. Sam Laporta is looking really good as a tight end. He caught eight passes for 84 yards and a touchdown. Brian Branch has been good in the secondary. Uh, and and Green Bay's a little banged up. Uh, Jair Alexander's out. Christian Watson. Aaron Jones might come back in their left tackle uh, Bakhtieri was out too. So maybe they'll be even better as the season goes on. D, we're going to you. It is Atlanta at Jacksonville in London, London 9 30 a.m. These games are always weird. Um, I'm just taking Jacksonville. Uh, so I really don't know a lot about Atlanta, to be honest. They're one of those teams. They, I mean, obviously, we're in week four. I haven't watched 30 seconds of the Falcons play. I think, that, I think Jacksonville, to Alex Kazora's point, I think Jacksonville is better than what their record indicates. So I'm taking Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm going with Jacksonville too. Beating Atlanta comes down to one thing, guys, stopping the run. And uh, they ran for 341 yards in their wins, only 44 yards last week when they lost. Desmond Ritter just doesn't look like the real deal. I'm going with Jaguars. They have much better talent. Well, you know, I grew up on a farm. They used to say jump right back on the horse when it when it bucks you. And so I got to get back on Jacksonville here, even though they knocked me out last week. So, yeah. I just don't believe in Atlanta either. All right, Miami at Buffalo, another big division showdown, guys. The Bills' defense has been fantastic. Four picks and nine sacks last week against the Commanders. Of course, I was playing against them in fantasy. That defense is going to be put to the test, though, this week after uh, Tua and Miami put up 70 points last week. I don't know which way to go with this one. I'm going to take the home team here. I'll take Buffalo. Well, uh, this is kind of one of those unstoppable forces against immovable objects kind of thing, which I always love those kind of great offense, great defense, who's going to win. But really, it, it, but so often you see this happen. I think it's the other thing. Can, can, uh, can Josh Allen put up 25 or 30 points against, against Miami? Miami's defense has kind of been, you know, meh. Remember that, that game they had against the Chargers? It was back and forth. I think it was a 36-30. So, yeah, the opening game. Uh, I, I'm going to take Miami just because they're all, I mean, so far their offenses just look like world beaters. But not, this is one of those you could almost flip a coin. Nothing would really shock me here. Well, I picked I picked against Buffalo last week. I I thought it was getting cute with that upset. Boy, did I get get that wrong. But um, honestly, I think Miami right now they just look like a completely different football team compared to everybody else in the NFL aside from San Francisco. So I'm actually going to take Miami over Buffalo. 
All right. Well, now we go to two teams that are terrible. Denver and oh. at Chicago. Both teams are looking for their first wins. Do we even have to pick this? Yeah. This is horrendous. <laughs> both are both lose. <laughs> uh, it, this is this is one of those games where I, what what are you supposed to do here? Denver. I mean, they just gave up seventy, and Chicago looks like a franchise that is just totally and utterly lost. Um, but I think Denver's defense is bad enough that Chicago can put up twenty, and I think that's going to be enough at home. Um, I, I think these might be the they're they're in the maybe not this year but they are the two worst franchises over the next few years because especially Denver has given up so many assets to get to where they are which is nowhere they're in trouble so I'm gonna take Chicago yeah I I don't even want to pick this game and the only people anybody who's watching this game you you've got to be a gambling addict or a maniac (laughs) or something I don't know what's going on um I'm gonna take Chicago only because they're at home Justin Fields does not look like an NFL quarterback. I think they're just going to have to run their way to to a win because he just cannot pass the football at all. And I think they're trying to make him a passer. And he just isn't. Wow, he's bad. I'm going to go with Denver here just because I trust Russ a little bit more than I trust Justin Fields. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland. Both teams are 2-1, and an AFC North showdown. I'm actually taking Cleveland because of their defense. Their defense is the real deal, like Alex said. Um, I, again, I saw them here on Monday night. Um, it, again, it was the only the second week of the season. You didn't realize how good they were. Now you're seeing it. Um, Baltimore didn't look that great this past weekend as well. So I'm I'm looking for Cleveland here to win. I think Cleveland wins this by two scores. Wow. You might have convinced me there. Yeah. So the, the Ravens were without their left tackle center. Watson didn't center. play that bad either, by the way. Yeah. Watson didn't play that bad. The, the Ravens were without three quality starters last week. Right. And um, the Browns defense, they've only given up one touchdown so far this season. They're averaging less than seven points per game. But I think the Ravens bounce back here and win this one. But take the under in this one. I'm also taking the Ravens just because I, I do not. I still don't believe in Cleveland's offense at all. And I think that this is one of those division games. I think Lamar Jackson's gonna gonna run around them a, a little bit. I think that he can neutralize a little bit of that pass rush. But here again, there's a lot of these matchups this week. Nothing would really shock me in that game. And another one here with two one and two teams: Cincinnati at Tennessee. The Titans have to run the ball to be successful. They only ran 26 yards on the ground Saturday, Sunday, and the Bengals they squeaked out a victory, but. Man, they haven't looked good. I'm going to take the Bengals. They have way more talent here, at least perceivably. Yeah, I'm taking Cincy because they are two one and two teams. But I think, look, Cincy still has the talent. I, I I thought I saw I watched quite a bit of that Cincy game this week, and Burrow started to look more like Burrow. Chase started to look more like Chase. And once they get rolling, forget it. I mean, Tennessee might be able to top out at 20 points against this team. And I don't think it's going to be enough. He, Burrow did look better in the second half. He looked a lot more relaxed. The only thing I worry about with Burrow is if he's, if he's is truly injured, why don't they sit him? Like if you sit him for a couple of games and if, if he, once he gets back to full health, he's going to do exactly what he always d- did. If he can't get out of that, if he, he doesn't have that escape ability, he's going to end up getting hurt doing something else, which, you know, that's certainly and, and since he has, if they don't have Burrow, they have nothing. That's what but, scares me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, and I do like watching Burrow. I'm picking Cincy in this one. All right. So then we go to Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Both teams are two and one, Dave. Well, I've been on the New Orleans bandwagon. I thought they looked really good in the first half, like I said, against Green Bay. I, I 17 nothing. I kind of gave that game up for dead. Um, 
Tampa Bay looked, I mean, Philly's good, but Tampa Bay really didn't look very good this week. New Orleans is at home. I'm taking New Orleans. Yeah, I'm taking New Orleans as well. Uh, Tampa Bay, it does. It's, it's not a team that excites me in any way at all. Uh, I actually think the Saints are better than what they are as well, so I'm picking the Saints. Yeah, the defense has been good for New Orleans. The offense, not so much. No. Derek Carr left the game with that injured shoulder, and the team really fell apart, so I don't know if he'll be back in the lineup this week. That's a big question. I don't know. I haven't seen an injury report on him yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw the shoulder, but I don't know if he's questionable or what he is. I mean, I'll still take the Saints. They're at home. That's a tough place to play, and I think Jameis Winston's a little better than your average backup. All right, we're going Washington at Philadelphia here. Washington's 2-1. Philadelphia still undefeated at 3-0, Dave, or D. (laughs) I'm not making the mistake of picking the commanders again. <laughs> and I hate the Eagles, but I got to pick them. Philadelphia, it looks like they're starting to click. Uh, I mean, this is obviously, I think, the easiest pick of the week. Um, See, so yeah, I'll take the, the Eagles. Oh, it's not your lock, though. It's not my lock. No, my oh. lock's coming up. My this, the, right. the lock's a pretty easy lock. Yeah, I don't take division games usually as locks. But uh, the commanders, they came back to earth, not able to compete against these good teams. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, there's room to grow with that team. I'm going to say fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to take the Eagles. Not much more to say. Minnesota at Carolina, both teams 0-3. The Vikings somehow find a new way to lose every week. But the good news is they're playing the Panthers, and they do too. So the Vikings, by the way, they've had nine turnovers in three games. I like them to get one, though, on the road this week. Adam Thielen, uh, sorry, you're going to lose to your old team here. Well, I I think I saw that they've lost like seven of nine fumbles or something like that. And one of the craziest, and I know it's three weeks, but projected out, Kirk Cousins is projected for 6,100 yards, 51 touchdowns, and to go 0-17. Uh, I mean, obviously some of that's not going to hold, but he, I still think he might be the best quarterback in the NFC or he's in the conversation. He's too good to go 0-4. I think they win. That's the difference right there. Cousins is playing well. They just, they can't seem to, they just turn the ball over, which is nuts. And that you're absolutely right. They, I've, I've listened all week you know, in the past couple of weeks. They are, they are truly finding ways to lose, but I don't think they lose this week to Carolina. Yeah. It all comes back full circle. Cause last year they found ways to win those games this yep. year. They're finding ways to lose them. Pittsburgh at Houston, Pittsburgh two and one Houston one and two. Uh, uh, we go to Dave now. I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, they, they showed me enough last week. I still don't think Houston's very good. Uh, we talked about it with Alex. I think the pass rush is going to, you know, it's going to be a welcome to the NFL moment uh, for uh, for Houston. And uh, I do think Pittsburgh's going to show a little more offense this week. So Pittsburgh. Stairway's going to win. The easiest pick. <laughs> well, C.J. Stroud has looked really good so far, guys. Um, but I agree, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith coming off the edge. He hasn't seen that yet. Uh, even if the Steelers only put up 17 points, I think they win this game. So I'm going with them. Las Vegas at the L.A. Chargers. D? I'm taking the Chargers because, boy, I'll tell you what, the Raiders just looked – that's the first time I've actually watched the Raiders the entire – they looked like a bad football team. Uh, so I, I think the Chargers again. This is one of those. I think that I think the uh, the betting lines are a little off on this. I actually thought the Chargers would be favored by more because um, I think Herbert is the difference in this game. He's he's too talented of a quarterback to uh, to let I think a, a dismal Las Vegas team beat him. I agree with you. I think these are two bad coaches, but I'll bet on the talent here, and I'll take the Chargers. Herbert's had four hundred. He had four hundred and five yards last week and three touchdowns. Keenan Allen is lighting up the league, 215 yards last week. Chargers look good on offense. They win this game. Chargers, no problem. 
New England at Dallas. I think it's my turn. Uh, New England's one and two. Dallas is two and one. Another good defensive squad, New England, but no offense. That seems to be a theme in several places across the league. Again, I'm betting on the talent. Dallas lost last week. They make it right this week at home. Yeah, I. this is a game I, I just won't watch any of. I can't stand either of these teams, or <laughs> their coaches or their owners or anything. But, um, yeah, Dallas, I mean, it both, like you say, two pretty good defenses, but I, I just don't believe in New England's offense at all. I actually think New England's picking a real bad time to go in there. Dallas got embarrassed by losing to Arizona. Uh, teams have stinker games. That was clearly, I think Dallas is much, much, much better than what they showed at Arizona. Um, this is actually my lock. I think Dallas w- wins this running away with it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Arizona at San Francisco, Dave. Uh, Sam, I'm not going to talk too much about this. San Francisco is really good. Arizona, despite what happened in Dallas, is not very good. Uh, San Francisco should win this one. Yeah, I don't. I think the line is bigger than it needs to be on this one. Um, Arizona's not. I don't think they're a fourteen and a half point dog, uh, considering how well they played against Dallas. But I mean, obviously they're playing the best team in the NFL right now. But um, I'm going to take San Francisco. But I think this is closer than what people think it's going to be. And it's a division game. Yes, those are yeah. always tight. Yeah, uh, I'm going with San Francisco. It'd be crazy not to. But um, you got to give it to. To Arizona, they've been playing tough so far this year. Yeah, 14 and a half, I, I would probably take the points. Yes, I mean, yeah, you're laying 14. That's, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. And uh, Kansas City at the Jets. Oh, they, 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 I think you're at yeah, Kansas City. I mean, Taylor Swift is going to power <laughs> power everything. Oh, she's going to power. The, she's going to change the NFL. Lonnie knows about. T- oh, he's geez. he's the biggest Swifty in Dubois right now. So, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun having Taylor Swift these games. They keep cutting away to her like she's like a part of the staff, and it's gonna be fun watching her throughout the season if she continues to date Travis Kelsey. But on a side, I pick Kansas City because the Jets, the Jets might have the worst quarterback in the NFL, in Zach Wilson. He's awful. Uh, I'm going with Kansas City here as my lock of the week. The Jets need a quarterback. Do they have the phone number for Minnesota? Can you say Kirk Cousins would look good there? Ooh. Robert Sala is going to lose that team if he keeps going to Zach Wilson. Yeah, I agree. They're going to have to do something at quarterback, and this is what happens when you, uh, despite what Bob would say, this is what happens when you lean on an old quarterback and expect him to, to be good. Now you have no backup plan, really. Um, Roger but, said he's coming back, by the way. Did you see whatever. that? He, he had a statement saying whatever. next year he's coming back. Okay, All that's right, fine. They good. can rely on him next year, and that'll work out. But if I was still alive, I am out. But I just want it noted that Kansas City would have been my lock. It doesn't count, but... Um, All right. I, I missed a game here. The Rams at the Colts, 1-2 and two versus 2-1. and one. Both teams have been better than expected. I'm going I'm going I don't see the Colts being 3 and 1 though. I'm going to go with the Rams here. I also am going to go with the Rams. I mean, Indy did look really good last week. Um this is one of those it's really hard to pick, but I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, I'm I'm going the Rams as well. Okay. All right, and then that takes us to the Monday night game, Seattle at the Giants. No Barkley, no Andrew Thomas. Seattle's offense is coming off a 37-point game the last two weeks. Uh, I'm going with Seattle. I am too, but this is, uh, the line scares, you know, I look at lines and this is a weird line. With everything you just said, Seattle should be favored by more than yes. a point and a half. So it's like, what's going on here? This is this one, I'm, I'm just putting it out there that if this is an upset game, the the bookies kind of let us know that yeah. a little bit. So mm-hmm. I am, I, I don't know how you could take the Giants, but 
Um, that's yeah. a weird line. Yeah, I'm picking the Hawks, but it is a weird line. I again, it, it sounds like a running theme here, but I these lines are weird this week. If you, I'm actually, I think Seattle wins this by ten points. I, I, I mean, it's, that line makes the Giants no are terrible. I mean, the Giants are just it's brutal football that they're playing. All right. Speaking of terrible, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Pirates. We'll be right back on on Connect FM. We're on Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. We'll be back in one minute. Here we go again. The same old story. You order the part online. It's wrong when it arrives. The car's torn apart. And then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story. And you think you save money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Partly cloudy tonight with lows around 46. Easterly winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Cloudy skies expected tomorrow. Slight chance for scattered showers. Highs level off around 66. Chance for scattered rain showers again tomorrow night. Lows dip down to about 53. Cloudy skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 65. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. First off, congratulations to Dave Glass who fixed that microphone on the fly. Good job, Dave. That's unbelievable. But yes, you never know what you're going to get around here. It's like a box of chocolates. Well, we did know what we were. We should have known what we were going to get with the Pirates at the beginning of the season, guys. We made our predictions for that back in March 29th. And I listened back real quick to that episode to see who was the closest. So the Pirates record, we predicted that. Dave and D, you both said 73 wins. I said 70. I was the pessimist. So you guys both won that bet. Wow. Um, what do they got now? 70, 74. They're 74 yeah. and 83. Right. Well, they have four, so, ga- four games left? Yeah, 75, uh, 76 maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, and that and that's, brings up the question. The team surpassed our expectations coming into the, into the season, and that's after losing O'Neill Cruz uh, for, for really the whole season. So, guys, was this a success for the Pirates? I, I, I'm going to really do something I hate to do, and I'm going to say yes and no. And and I'm going to go over why. From a team perspective, from a a record perspective, you have to say yes. They were a 100-loss team a year ago. They're not even going to lose 90. There's no way to look at that and say that that's bad. But their pitching has not really, Keller aside, their pitching has not really come around the way you would expect. A lot of the guys they've brought up haven't really worked out. Um, You know, I, I worry about their player development. When I look at that lineup, other than the people we kind of knew were going to be good, um, you know, like Reynolds and and to an extent Hayes, man, they're having trouble with their their player development. I mean, uh, Henry Davis came up and he's not been very good, and it's just a it's just not a great lineup. And and the pitching, they don't, you know, they're 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 throwing openers every other game now. They don't have nearly enough starters to go. So yeah, seventy four wins, I'm happy, but but that, but in order for them to take the next step. They really, some people are really going to have to step up. And I, and every time 
they seem to make a trade like they let that Stevenson go to Tampa and now all of a sudden he's the best reliever in the American League and it's like this keeps happening yeah, it does. Um, it, I watched the Braves the past couple nights because the postseason's coming up. We'll talk about that next week. They look like they're they're playing a different game than the Pirates. So you watch the Dodgers, the Braves, um, even like the Brewers lately. The Brewers have played well. The Pirates, they just cannot hit the baseball. We were down there when they when they were playing the Yankees, and I was talking to a guy sitting beside me. He goes to a lot more games. He's a retired guy. When you look at the scoreboard and you see the average just, just in front of you, and, and obviously the Pirates don't have anywhere near the payroll. The Yankees, but there, it was like almost everybody was batting 210, 206, 218. That's un, almost unheard of. You never saw that. Like when we were younger, you did not see top to bottom batting averages like that. I realize the emphasis is launch angle and hitting the ball out of the park, but it's just they're they're just a they're a miserable offensive team, and and it's very difficult to watch them and get excited especially this late in the season, because half these guys, you don't even know who they are. You're, and we're baseball fans. And it, unless you're an avid, avid baseball fan, there's just no star power. Well, and they have run through a lot of players. I mean, look, when they came back from 9 nothing, and we didn't really talk about it, that was exciting. To yeah. put 13 up on a contending team and pretty much end their playoff run, was that was fun. But you're right. As a whole, they're not hitting. You bring up Atlanta, and I do want to point out that Atlanta has a real argument as the best offensive team in history. They they're do. probably going to break the team home run record. You look at that lineup, there is not a hole. There is not a hmm. hole in that lineup. So that's a tough comparison because Atlanta is just unbelievably good. But... Still, again, that's all homegrown talent for the most that's part. It. A couple of players they traded for, but they, they know how to develop these guys. Well, I, I say it wasn't a success. And, and the reason being, I mean, if you look at how they stormed out of the gates, they won 20 out of 29 games. There was bucko fever. Oh, I, I was, had it. I, was, I did too. I had I, a it, fever, baby. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, they just came crashing down to earth. And And if you look, I mean, they were sellers at the deadline again, guys. Kutch doesn't even finish the season, you know. O'Neill Cruz, he didn't make any. Well, he was supposed uh, to come back, apparently. and he wasn't. And I guess he wasn't. His rehab wasn't going yeah, on track. It stalled out. And then they said, you know what? We're just going to shut him down. Yeah. So but, I mean, unless you're saying, okay, yeah, 75 wins is a success, boy. Our expectations, we've been trained to keep them that low then. Well, here's the thing. Baseball, and any 15 or 20 games, almost anything's possible, and the Pirates proved that. Even even Kansas City went on a running streak a little while ago, and they're horrible. That's what the beauty of baseball. You need that 150, 160 games that, to get that water to seek its own level. They ended up where we thought they'd be. They just took a weird way to get there. They were really good, and then they were absolutely horrible in June and July. And actually, the last two months, they've been 500-ish, and they've beaten good teams. I mean, they walloped Atlanta's pitching here a few weeks ago. Yeah. They just pounded Atlanta's pitching, and I was like, whoa, hey, this is interesting. But Yeah, you all you often wonder sometimes, like, the, I forget the Cubs manager's name. He said about, yeah, that's not a good opponent. Uh, uh, he apologized. He did, that, he so. did. But, you know... Athletes are athletes. You know, they, it's been a long season. They see someone like the Pirates coming to town, or the A's or the Royals or someone like that, and they think, eh, you know, so maybe they're not playing their A game. Um, yeah, it's. I I agree with you, Bob. I my consensus is I think it's a disappointment. Um, so much excitement at the start of the season, and it just all came crashing down. Yes, it did. But uh, we will get into our predictions. But real quick, guys, since I was listening back to that episode. Uh, we did pick our uh, World Series preview. 
I took the Braves. Dave, you took Toronto. That's and, not looking very good. Yeah, and and D, you took uh, the Padres versus Houston. That's also not looking That's very not good. Looking good. You at didn't all. tell us he was going to win. Maybe maybe you said Houston. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have we'll to say this, and I know we, we've got to go. The Padres might have the case as the most unlucky team in the history of baseball. They're 0-12 in extra innings. That's unbelievable. If they had gone 6-6, six and six, they'd be in the playoffs. Which is crazy. But I'm happy they're not because... <laughs> <laughs> Even though you predicted them. That's right. All right. Well, when we get come back, we'll have just enough time to get lost and maybe a little bit more. Stay with us as we continue under review on Connect FM, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy Mark and Cruz standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Down, set, Panda's put in the work this football season to be your ultimate defense with the Spitzer Shield. She'll catch you great deals and help you score Panda protection with our lifetime nationwide powertrain warranty. Unlimited time, unlimited miles. Plus, you'll get a $1,000 price protection so you can get more miles of driving worry-free. That's on top of our first-year complimentary maintenance to get you and your family to all of your summer games right on time. While Panda increases her speed, you can too with the Spitzer Speed Pass, where you can shop online anytime. New inventory is here with more arriving daily. We've got hundreds of vehicles and thousands in savings. Hurry in this football season to score the ultimate Panda protection and find touchdown savings on every new vehicle on our lot. At Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's, you can buy online anytime with Spitzer Speed Pass at Spitzer.com. Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and document it. Any breakdowns must be completed at Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty effective anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. It's Brian Kilmeade. It's going to be the post-debate show, Brian Kilmeade style on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma will be joining us. Also found out his take on Senator Menendez and his fate. Jason Rance on what is going on with our cities. And Jamie Lissau, he's really, really funny. At least I think so, and he thinks so. Do not miss the next edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, guys, it's time to hashtag get lost. Always my favorite segment of the show. Um, I'm going to start us off here. Hashtag get lost to our show. (laughs) Um, because we didn't mention the massive NBA trade that happened today with Dame Lillard going from Portland to Milwaukee. So now you have Giannis and Dame, two of the top 10 players in the NBA playing on the same team. A lot of, a lot of fallout that's going to happen from this trade. A lot of, a lot of shakeups as far as the power rankings in the East and the West. So that's really exciting news. So hashtag get lost our show. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to say hashtag get lost to some of the off-field hype. You know, first it was all about Dion, And, you know, look, it's a great story. But then it was so overhyped that when he loses a game that everybody knew they were going to lose. Everybody's down on him. And then all of a sudden it's about Taylor Swift. You know what? I don't care who players date. I don't. 
and so hashtag get lost to all that stuff. Just show me what's on the field. Come on, Dave. You got to get with the times here. It's all about Taylor Swift. Uh, I'm going to say hashtag get lost to Zach Wilson because he needs to get lost in New York. Uh, how about hashtag get lost to the late night games, guys? We've had to watch two of them so far and stay up till almost midnight both nights. And hashtag get lost to America's losing streak on European soil in the Ryder Cup. You know when the last time they won in Europe? Oh, no, I don't remember right now. It's a long time. 1993. Wow. Five of the players who were on the team weren't even born yet this year. Oh, my year. gosh. Yeah. Did you miss any part of our show tonight? You can download the podcast the next day and visit our past episodes on connectradio.fm. For Dave and D, I'm Bob Anderson. Thanks for listening.